We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here, and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. Nope, Armchair Anonymous. That's the name of this show, Armchair Anonymous. It's not Armchair Expert. No, it's not. No. Don't get it twisted. No. I had been on such a good roll. It's been a long time since I butchered it that. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Today is a story about underdogs. Aww. Some people call me underdog, but I prefer Hermie and Permian because that's my God-given name. Bestowed upon me by my great-great-granddad and his great-grandfather before him. Did you know that, Mrs. Monica, that I'm the... <laughs> Twelfth Hermie and Permian? I didn't know that, but I'm oh. not surprised. We have a uh, good you, news. Uh, there's uh, a new friend. My friend Boris Butchman's here. Well, sit Hi, in front. Boris. Yes. Sometimes Boris Butchman comes over to sit with Hermie and Permian. It's, it's a, me, Prairie Sooner. Oh, oh yes, also goes by Prairie Sooner. <laughs> I forgot. Either Boris Butchman or Prairie Sooner. How long have you two known each other? Since I was born. We oh. were born in the same hospital. At the same time? At nearly the same time. I do believe that Prairie Schooner came just about 20 minutes before Hermie and Permian. Oh. And yeah. we both know how to drive cars. That's right. He has his own vehicle and I do too. <laughs> oh. Yes. Has Prairie met the robot? Because it seems like you guys are all hanging out. That's a great question. I'm not going to steal that from you. <laughs> Prairie, have the you met the robot? It's <laughs> always in my dreams, but oh. I never met him. <laughs> Oh, I'll have to have you guys both over. Sometimes I do make a casserole. It's just too much for me. And as you know, the robot doesn't eat, even though he is a real boy. Oh. <laughs> I like casserole with <laughs> biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was so great. Both Prairie and Hermium are underdogs, so this is great. Yeah, and Hermium is really an offshoot of Prairie. Aaron and I were on a road trip to Texas in 12th oh, grade Prairie's over old? Christmas. I thought maybe you just made him up. Oh, no. We oh. were following him been around for 30 years oh. yeah because we were on this road trip and we were following someone pulling a camper trailer and it was called the prairie schooner <laughs> and we just started saying prairie schooner <laughs> prairie schooner and then prairie schooner became a person that evolved into a client we had at gm that kind of spoke like prairie oh. schooner his real I'm, i'll give you the safe name boris butchman <laughs> and so it evolved into Boris Butchman. I and see. Boris is originally from Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, USA. Oh, same as Hermione. And he works for Pontiac Oldsmobile, Chevrolet, USA. Oh. He also works for a confusing car company. Oh, wow. Okay. And we used to imagine he would call my mom in the hotel room on car show days and go, Laura, it's <laughs> Boris. I can't get out of the tub. <laughs> Do you think you can handle this one without me? Laura, I'm sad today. <laughs> Too sad to go in. <laughs> okay, underdogs. That's what we're here to talk about. Armchair Anonymous. Oh, my God. We have our best story we've ever heard on this I know, episode. It's really incredible. Absolutely outrageous mm -hmm. story. Yeah. And zero warnings on this one. No, zero warnings. You got to listen. It's as clean as you would expect from an underdog prompt. Yeah. So please enjoy underdogs. Hard times come and go 
take them slow. Underdog. What's your biggest underwear story? Ooh. The biggest pair you've ever seen. Panky, panky. Can you remember the biggest pair of underwear you've ever seen? Oh, God. Grandmothers oh. or grandfathers. I feel like I have an image of a huge pair, but who was, Me would too. it be? And they're women's. No, mine are whitey tidy. Oh. <laughs> Hello. <gasps> Hi, I can hear you guys. Yay. Oh, sorry about that. I've been sitting here. I was like, make sure I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, you know, and the best part is it gave me enough time because my initial thought when I saw all those tanks was acetylene tanks, and I thought you guys were welders, but now I see this kind of old-fashioned diving helmet, so now I think we're in a scuba <gasps> environment. Correct, scuba environment. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just yelling at my wife for opening the garage door. Perfect. And I love all the colors. Do the colors designate different types or something? No, these are old tanks that don't work anymore. My husband does a scuba radio podcast. So this is his studio room. And so I made sure he set up everything. A Fine. scuba radio podcast. What is? Scuba podcast. Oh, okay. 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 Are you a scuba diver? I am. Yes. You are. And where are you guys at? Do you have local access? Central Florida. I have to be a little vague of where I am. Okay, great. Did you guys meet scuba diving? We did, yeah. He owned a dive shop and I was up in Canada and it's not the meet cute stories, but he was a diver and owned a dive shop and he was looking for a manager at the time and I was in Canada where I'm initially from. So now he sold the shop. He doesn't have any more. He does the scuba diving podcast. What's the name of it in case people in the audience are interested in scuba diving yeah. podcast? The scuba diving podcast with Sweetwater Scuba. Very literal. Wow, he got in on the ground floor. That's a hard name to get. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you have an underdog story. Hard for me to believe just looking at you. I feel like probably a champion from the jump. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, much like you, Dax, I'm very dyslexic. Oh, okay. Congratulations. I was like, I'm going to write this story and when they picked it i was very surprised i was like that must have been the most incoherent essay i've <laughs> ever written and i haven't been in school in a long time so i was like all right you know what they're taking it and running with it <laughs> i was diagnosed very late in life i always knew i had some learning disability but it wasn't till my last year of high school in 2009 i got tested and i was like oh this is making more sense high school was hard my last few years i had teachers who we're like, you should be in special ed. Why are you here? Yeah. Very nice people. You know, all that. Being in Canada, I did French and English. So English is hard. Add French to that. Oh, <laughs> my yeah, no, God. No. What a terrible place to be born as a dyslexic oh. where you have to be dual language. I barely could get through the first one. Right. I had French teachers like, this isn't hard. And I was like, oh, my oh. God. Like, that's it not is helpful. <laughs> so leaving high school, I had to go to university, looking at a lot of things, uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I love animals, but you have to do a lot of math, science. I don't have your dyslexia. Your math is very impressive, Dax. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for noticing. I was like, that's not the same. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he doesn't have dyslexia yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't get into these schools for, at the time I thought veterinarians was the only option to work with animals. So I did what any dyslexic does and went to art school. Okay, that's sure. what I can do. So I did that for two and a half years. After those two years, I did what any early 20-year-old does and does traveling. And that's where I fell in love with scuba diving. When I went back home, I got my dive master and then went to Florida. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something different. So I went there, got my instructor and started teaching scuba diving. Oh, wow. Okay. I loved doing that, but was looking for something a little different. And I fell upon a large aquarium in Florida that I started working at as a safety for the guests that come into the aquarium and they can scuba dive there. Oh, wow. So people can dive with big fish and stuff in this tank? Exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. It must be enormous. Yeah. It's the second largest. Holy oh, wow. smokes. I could see where people would underestimate it and think it's deceptively safe. Most motorcyclists have career-ending injuries on little tiny motorcycles they're riding in the backyard. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to get hurt on this. Oh, absolutely. And as long as you're scuba certified, you can dive in the aquarium, which is also really unsafe because someone could have been certified 15 plus years ago. They have not dived since. Oh, like, yes. oh, God. Is there any chance that you heard any of the episodes where I've explained when I went scuba diving? Because I think it must anger scuba people so much. No, I loved that. I actually was excited that you actually dived. Oh, okay, okay. But I had zero training. I was in Bora Bora and one of the actors oh, had their yeah. dive master with and he's like, you'll be fine. Let's go. Zero training just went straight to yeah. scuba dope for like two hours. That's scary. <laughs> I loved it. But I always oh. think like, oh, people that this is their world must hate that. And people 
Yeah. Can you? Can me. <laughs> well, people who are scared, people who are Virgos, people who <laughs> people know under people five, who had bad accidents. Uh-oh. Do you know someone who went down with Scooby? I know someone who's died. Okay. So I'm just saying you got to be careful. You got it. It's a, it's a serious sport. It it's is. a serious sport. And that's why I really liked being an instructor. I still teach when I can. It's really interesting to see people get really nervous. And then once they get in their water, they're like, oh. Or if they're like, they're sharks. No, I'm not leaving you. And then they see it and like, okay, bye. And you have to bring them back <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh, that oh. is cool. <laughs> and then fast forward two years into that, COVID hit. So there's no more guests. And that's a big part of the job. They said, you know, two weeks will be okay. We still went into work. Obviously, animals need to be taken care of. But then when they started realizing, okay, it's going to be a little bit more than two weeks and it kept going, I started making myself available to anybody. I was like, hello, I'm here. What do you need? I got you. So a few of the teams that lost their interns, they're like, absolutely, we need help. So the manatees, really easy animals. Throw lettuce at them. They eat the lettuce. You count it. Uh, Not rocket science. Uh-huh. I think of your wife, Dax, a lot with her sloth yes. obsession. That's my manager. I was like, you know what? Put me there all day. Leave me there. I love them. <laughs> oh, they're so sweet. Her ex-stepdad lives in one of those little islands on the west side of Florida, just above West Palm Beach. And if you go out there with a fresh garden hose and you just run the water, they'll come up and they just start gulping the water out of the hose I'm going to cut you off. That's very illegal. Okay. <gasps> wow. Well, Two luckily illegal for, things. Luckily for me. <laughs> it's cool. I'm not doing it actively right now. Yeah. It's in my past. Yeah. Of the illegal things I've done in my life, that doesn't even chart. But boy, are they fucking cute. They're like little, well, not little. They're enormous dogs. Yeah. They're like little potatoes. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they're like, okay, just stand there, feed them all day. That's your job. Throughout COVID, the more the area was shut down, they're like, we still need your help. Can you help with this and this and this? And it built so much that by the time the parks were opening up again, they said, hey, do you want to stay and be on this team? So I became a marine mammal specialist. Oh, my God. Look at this. You wanted to go into veterinarian care. Look at this circuitous route. I love that. So wait, now you work with the team that handles the animals? I do, yeah. So my day is half working with dolphins and my other half working with manatees. Oh, my goodness. You got around that stupid dyslexia. Stupid, yeah. (laughs) I hate to say it, but you know what we're going to ask. Oh, Lord, we are. These dolphins ever try to get frisky with you? They're very famous for trying to do so. Not with us, but with each other, sure, all the time. (laughs) Okay. okay. That's That's, encouraged. They are sexual creatures. It's their body, their choice. It's all internal, but when it's not internal, it comes out. They like to expose themselves in front of guests, and I'm like... (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you. They're exhibitionists. The dolphin penis is alarmingly large the first time you see it. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple feet. I mean, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it doesn't match the rest of the dolphin, so you really see it when what it's co- out. Is it a different it's color? Pink. Yeah. It's usually tucked away. When they let that freak flag fly, wow. boy, it, it turns some heads. <laughs> Perverted. <laughs> I would love to go back to high school and tell those teachers, like, yeah, I did something. Yes. Yeah, guess what? I get to do what a marine biologist does, maybe even better. And then with guests coming all the time, I feel horrible because I have these bright-eyed little teenagers like, oh, what did you just go to school for? I'm like, I'm an art student. Yeah, yeah, for drawing. Do you have any crazy relationship with any of the dolphins that you feel is like weirdly connected, spiritual, spiritual, or like one in particular or anything? Sure. I mean, it's funny to see how they react to all of us trainers as far as I was one of the newer ones in, and I'm the substitute teacher, so they can get away with doing things. <laughs> oh, wow. Versus the older trainers, it's like, okay, nope, this is what they want. This is their criteria. So oh, wow. different personalities and older ones are, I've been at this for too long. Like, I don't, right. and then the younger wow. ones are wanting to please you. So they're very excited. They're vocalizing. Oh. They yell at me and they know I will hand fish. Oh, like, oh my God, you're so cute. <laughs> I'm oh, a huge sucker. so manipulative. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. It's insane. That's you're going to act all cute and it's going to work. One oh. time I got that as my Patronus. I don't know what a Patronus is <laughs> and I don't know what it is. On Harry Potter, I got Dolphin. Okay. So if you go to Pottermore website, in the books, you have like a protective oh, animal. I know this. Yes. That's sort of like. Terrence is, is a wolf? No, a stag, just like oh, a stag. Oh, a stag. Right, right. Sorry. And 
you can go on Pottermore and take the test. And you got a I've dolphin? done it a lot of times because I want to keep seeing, but one of them is a dolphin. Well, it's because you're a perv. I would have felt yeah, flattered by that. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't get a dolphin, I would sue the website. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I feel like, Monica, you need to make him do that test. Didn't you guys do that? Well, we, we did, did sorting the hat. regular, and it bit me because I started talking poorly about Hufflepuff, people got upset. I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh, see, yeah, and you're great. I love Hufflepuffs. I forget what I said, but it really... Uh-oh. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, here no, we... don't worry it about it. It literally just opened again, period. You're sure no one has the remote, question mark? Am I sitting on This is insane. Like... Could it be in the couch cushions? You're going to watch us do some housekeeping <laughs> right now. Oh, it just did it again. What in the flying fuckballs? Could balls? be in here? And now a third time. <laughs> this is honestly amazing. I feel like it might be in here, but I don't. Oh, 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 oh! No oh, way! Oh, oh. oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Opening the garage. <laughs> I didn't. Oh my god! Do exclamation that. point! Monica just found it buried in her lazy boy and was <laughs> triggering it every time she moved. Oh boy! Well. That solves that. Well, you saw a mystery resolved. I love every minute of that. <laughs> wow. That was actually really impressive that it activated that. I know. Oh, no, we were interviewing someone yesterday and it opened and closed like seven times. And I'm literally <laughs> like, I'm going to go in and kill every member of my family. How could they not know that you can't open and close the garage the whole time we're recording? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm glad you witnessed that well i love your underdog story Me too thanks for sharing it absolutely i love that you guys do this it's so fun and it was an incoherent message so whoever had to read that i appreciate that they picked <laughs> yeah. it emma our all-star i'm way better at speaking that was a part of my dyslexia test they're like your social is way high that shouldn't be there yeah do you find that you have a suspiciously good memory for oral stories. Yes. I think it's because the only thing you're going to learn is what you memorize that the teacher said. If you don't get it there, you're not going to get it. Yeah. And I listen to so many podcasts now and I just come home and I'm like, let me tell you about this. <laughs> right. And you can just reiterate the whole thing. Yeah. Ask me to read something. No, gone. It's been funny in this being in this field now. I'm in these rooms with these people who've gone to school for all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm having imposter syndrome. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. I'm very lucky to have management and people around me to put me into the right places. You did it. You got yeah. yourself there. It's really impressive. Yeah, we rule. Don't let anyone tell you differently. I totally agree. It's more fun. <laughs> Us and left-handers. I mean, they're also pretty special. I'm left-hander too. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God, wow. Katie. We're meant to be together. I love it. If you guys are ever... Believe me, now I'll have to stop by. I can do a little backstage. I can show you how big the aquarium Aye. is. I can show you where we do our rehab manatees. That's really cool to be a part of as well. We get to put some manatees back out into the wild. Well, when you're not looking, I'm going to feed them fresh water out of a garden hose. Ugh. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, and great scuba meeting dive you. without any uh, yeah, yeah. instructions. Just, just jump in. It's fine. I allow it. <laughs> well, Katie, great meeting you. Yes. And thank you for telling us that story. Yeah, absolutely. It was so nice meeting you. All right. Bye. Take care. Well, it's always good to get more info on dolphins. So much happened in that in that interview. I mean, that whole garage thing was really Yeah, I'm glad something. we figured it out. And I guess the previous episode will be an Easter egg. Hopefully, if you like listen to all the shows in the week. <laughs> what a resolution. It won't have come out yet. It won't? Uh-uh. Well, when you're listening to an upcoming February episode and you hear the garage door opening and closing nonstop and then hearing my voice tension with my anger towards my family, <laughs> you'll know that it was our doing the whole time. Okay, let's talk to Alexandra. How did you even get there? It probably slid you out of my... farted in it. No, it was probably in my shorty short pants. I bet it was when I came up to talk to you and Liz while I was working out and sat in that chair and it probably slid out of my pocket like that two months ago. ago? Y'all. Oh my God. <gasps> Hello. Hello. Hi. Did you like that you caught us candid <laughs> mid-conversation? That was like the dream I was having about how this would be. I was like, I bet they'll be chatting and I'll get to see them being friends. <laughs> Which is like my favorite part of the whole podcast. What if when you oh. signed down, we were putting our shirts back on? That would be nerve-wracking, <laughs> wouldn't it? I would be like, I'm really glad they found a way to like love each other. And like, I'm sure they all worked it out. <laughs> what are these cute, are they mugs? Those are shoes poking out of a shoe hole. Oh, these are shit. shoes. I'm in my closet. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever read all the directions on a thing in my whole life. Oh, congrats. Oh, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, congrats to you guys. <laughs> Dax, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I'm very happy you were born. And Monica, I'm very sorry for your loss. I'm sure oh, the earth you. feels
feels pretty weird right now. So yeah. I'm just I'm thinking of you. That's so kind. Thank you. Of course. Can we pause for two seconds? Can you look at it and see it as mugs? I can see how you see it. Do you? Okay. I appreciate that. I would need three or four grams of mushrooms, I think, to see <laughs> really? mugs there. Okay. All right. It's like a magic eye. Okay. We must hear your underdog story. I'm ready to dive in. So this one takes place in southeastern Connecticut, which is near Monday's interview, Paul Giamatti. Where he's from. Yes, I got to see him in Hamlet, actually, when I was in high school. What? And I didn't realize what an amazing opportunity that was. What? And now I'm like, what the fuck? You saw Paul Giamatti as Hamlet. Yeah. Incredible. I'll have to do some back work now to convince you that I was an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a little bit of context because I feel like it's really generous to call myself an underdog because ultimately in the wider context of the world, I've had an amazing life. Like I have wonderful parents, great opportunities. But in this specific context, I felt like maybe I was a little bit of an underdog. So my parents had me when they were 17 and they stayed together, which was pretty amazing. And they went on to have three more much younger children than me who all have progressively improved with each model. <laughs> they crushed it. They worked really hard to give us an awesome life. And I've always really struggled with my mental health. I'm pretty sure like I came out of the womb just like, there's something fucking going on with this place. Yeah. Just so anxious. I got diagnosed with ADHD or not ADHD. That was recent. I got diagnosed with OCD in third grade. I had a lot going on. And then I switched to elementary schools. Then I went to a charter school for middle school, which I also loved middle school. Ugh. Then I went back to the local public school, which was a different experience. I hadn't seen a lot of these people since I've switched schools. Some boys in one of my classes bullied me. So I ended up deciding that maybe I should switch schools because I just am really struggling in this context. And I got to go to a local private school, literally because the guidance counselor liked my personality. I buy that. Yeah, me too. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's so helpful of you to say. When you were diagnosed in third grade with OCD, is it because you had a tremendous amount of tics like I did? I had a lot of really weird routines and habits yeah. and fears. So my hands would be like bloody because I'd wash them so much. Yeah. Monica, on sync, you talked about it, making up these like superstitions yes. in your head. Always, like for my whole life, I had like a great fear of my dad getting in a car accident, even though no one I'd ever known uh. had gotten in a car accident. It was tough. It's all consuming. Yes. That's like all I did is monitor whether I was doing things even or odd numbers of times. I couldn't think about anything else. I still count. I'm an <laughs> odd number kind of girl. Oh, mm. freaky. <laughs> it's weird for most things. Anyways, they did whatever they could to like scrape together scholarships so that I could go but it was still like a really big financial stretch for my parents. So I started the school my sophomore year and there was 50 kids in my graduating class. Many of them had been in school together since kindergarten. And I think what came to be pretty obvious very quickly was that my life experience was very different than theirs. Like I wasn't going on class trips. The opportunity for me was going to the school, whereas their opportunities were like, the whole wide world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The teachers were amazing. It was a very good school and had an awesome theater program, which is kind of my wheelhouse. So I only found a group through doing theater, which is pretty common, I think. Yeah. And then the spring of my junior year, they announced that the musical was going to be Chicago. I'd been hoping for Les Miserables because playing Eponine was like, my life dream, I wasn't going to go to college for theater or anything. So I was like, okay, this is my chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I decided that I was going to audition for Roxy. For the lay person, i.e. me, is that the lead? That's one of the two leads. So there's okay. two female leads. There's Velma and then there's Roxy. Is Roxy loose? Because that's a fun name, Roxy. <laughs> she is loose. Yeah. She's kind of like naughty and she's yeah. like, it's not a very good person. Oh, okay, so I great. thought it kind of be fun. <laughs> yeah, she's a very fun character yeah. to play. And I love her songs. And she had fewer songs. So I was like, perfect. This will be the less competitive role. So cut to the summer. I got this great boyfriend who kind of Ooh. like walked the line of the theater kids and the really popular rich kids. Wow. He was like tall and handsome. You can imagine how it went though. It was a high school relationship. So it wasn't great, but <laughs> he was really in the theater. So we spent all summer learning all the songs. He was auditioning for the lawyer, Billy Flynn. And he and Roxy has a song where she sits on his lap and is like a puppet. Oh, oh my God. He must have loved that. Yeah. We choreographed it over the summer. Auditions have not happened. Right. You guys are just working all summer on this. We're prepared. I do the audition. I put literally my all into it. Like I got into costume. And I'm sure you guys are picking up on what is going to happen. I didn't get cast as Roxy, which is 
fine. This happens. But it's sad. Compounding it is now her boyfriend's going to have another gal on his lap. Yeah, because he got it, obviously. Because he's handsome and one of the three boys that auditioned. (laughs) Right, the only (laughs) three boys that weren't afraid. (laughs) At the time, it was so devastating and it kind of like catapulted me into my first of many depressive episodes, which was like a fun, cool new experience for senior year. And the girl who did get cast, the worst part was that she is a wonderful person. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst one. You can't hate them. Yeah. She's like so beautiful and she's Scandinavian, which is cool. And like (laughs) all the guys liked her because she was so innocent. They wanted to corrupt her. Oh, sexy baby syndrome. (laughs) And the theater director, we're going to call her Miss. She had favorites. Are you using B because you want us to think bitch? Be honest. (laughs) Miss C. Oh, I don't know what you thought of. I thought of Miss Christmas. Uh huh, sure. I thought of the other C word because I studied abroad in New Zealand and that's their favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. It means nothing elsewhere. I love when I travel and I get to throw it around. Me too. (laughs) I tried to get into improv one time when I got back to the States and it didn't go super well. So she had favorites. I wasn't one of them. I think she didn't really like my personality in general like i have a pretty big personality is it fair to say you're gonna love it or hate it there's no one's gonna be neutral on it exactly it comes out that a local community theater is doing lame as rob and i'm like you know what let's audition like this is one more chance so i decide a little bit out of spite to run my audition by miss b before I go do it to try and get some feedback to make it seem like I was evolved. But I really also just wanted her to see like, hey, I'm really actually okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. My dream role was Eponine, who is one of the more like romantic leads. She falls in love and she doesn't get it and she dies. So it's like a fun thing. That's like you were it's horny in thing. high school. Is that fair to say? I love boys and I yeah. still do. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're really similar. <laughs> I do the audition for her. She like is like, yeah, good. It was great. And then I do the audition for the community theater. I don't get cast. And then a few weeks later, I am in Miss B's acting class during the day. And me and two other girls are running a scene in the hallway. And Miss B has given us these clipboards. And I got a clipboard that happens to open. And I am just like messing with it. And I open it. Inside the clipboard are notes from the Chicago auditions. (gasps) So I like close it really fast. And I'm like, guys, we can't look at these, right? And they're like, yeah, no, we can't. And then we all kind of collectively decide that we are going to look at them because me and one of the other girls did not get the roles we auditioned for. We got much smaller roles in Chicago. We were the jail girls. So I was going to like get hung as the Hungarian (laughs) girl. So fun. We do this and then we all take a vow of silence. We read the audition notes. We find out why we did or did not get our roles. (gasps) This This could be wonderful. Or horrible. Look, no one wants to hear the truth, but sometimes it can be really helpful to hear the truth. That's a side conversation. We'll earmark that. Mine actually didn't provide any clarity. They said it was too much likeness to Renee Zellweger in the movie. And I was like, that is the most insane thing you could possibly say. Also flattering. So flattering, but definitely inaccurate. (laughs) But a few weeks later, it is finals week, and I'm doing a final in the classroom that's right outside of her office with this other girl that also didn't get one of the roles that I had looked at the notes with. And we get called into Miss B's office. And I'm like, oh my God, the third girl snitched, didn't she? Three can keep a secret if two are dead. That's what they say. Exactly. So she has a sit down on the couch and then she hands us each two pieces of paper stapled together. And I'm like, is there a paper trail of our (laughs) indiscretion? Is she showing us the notes from the auditions to see if we recognize them and see our reaction? So I then proceed to read and it's the draft of an email that she's printed. And the first page says that we have lost the rights to Chicago and we will not be doing Chicago. Okay. So I look at her and I'm like, what does this mean? And she goes, turn the page. And then I turn the page and it says that we are going to do Lame as Rob instead. <gasps> no. Oh, oh. This is so exciting. You're so excited. I'm so excited too. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. The cast list is like underneath it. Sure enough, my name is next to Eponine's oh. name. Oh, you got your dream role. I love this. So now she's Mrs. G. Yeah. yeah. She's Mrs. B she for best. Miss- Okay, we can keep her buddy, B. Mrs. Buddy. She called us in because like we both had minor roles that were then bumped up to lead roles. And she was like, don't fuck it up, basically. And I was like, I won't. And I have literally never taken anything more seriously in my life. Like I worked 
so hard at it and it ended up being so rewarding and fulfilling. That's wonderful. What a turn of events. This is a great, great story. But also I have been practicing impulse control for the last nine minutes because (laughs) I did the math. So if you moved to the new school, you were in 10th grade and you said at the time you had an eight-year-old sibling. That means the eight-year-old was born when you were in second grade, which to me means your OCD in third grade was a direct result of that. I don't think anyone in the whole world has put that together Because, you know, it was explained to me, like, I had all these tics. And then later in life, and I think I've told the story, I met a gal who had a form of OCD where she'd pull her eyelashes out. And then she said to me, well, you know why you have that? And I said, no. And she said, because you're trying to control a situation when your environment becomes very uncontrollable and uncomfortable and distasteful for you. And so I'm thinking here, you had been an only child for seven years. With teen parents who gave me so much attention. Yes, and then this new creature arrives and they have to care for her and love her. Your whole world changed. Yeah. And now you start trying to control bizarre things because everything got upended. You really are an armchair expert. That was really good. (laughs) I think the only other inciting event was that they taught us about HIV in third grade, which is like, Really not developmentally appropriate for a third grader. You're not fucking for quite some time or shooting dope. No, but they made it seem like we'll just get it. I was like afraid to touch surfaces. Yes. I can only feel so bad for you guys because when I was that age, they showed us the day after, which is what would happen after nuclear holocaust because we were at the height of the Cold War, (laughs) the nuclear scare. Also great info for a second grader. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they need to be more careful about what they show children. Curriculums. And like, I still feel like calling myself an underdog is so generous, but like it wasn't an easy situation I was walking into. This isn't a you're an underdog in life throughout life. These are individual stories with individual outcomes. Well articulated. <laughs> well, not well articulated at all, but that's okay. I feel like you just made fun of me and now I'm an underdog. <laughs> in that vein, I just want to say you guys started the podcast the year I started teaching. I had a commute that was an hour each way. And you guys were there for each hour. And I've still continued to like struggle a lot with my mental health. You guys have been there my whole formative adulthood years. No. That made me feel less crazy and made me like myself more. And I'm just very grateful for you guys. I'm such a huge fan. Thank you, Alex. You call that old boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. You call him and you tell him, eat my shorts, Mike. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I will. I'll tell him you said that specifically. (laughs) And I'll meet him at Arby's if he wants. Oh boy. I'll send him your way. But shout out to my mom and dad. They're going to listen. And my wonderful pair is in my classroom, Jen. And Dana, you guys are amazing. I'm just like very grateful for everything. So thank Aww, you guys. Well, it's been a delight meeting you. Yes. And I loved your story. Thank you, Dad right. and Monica. It's so good to meet you. Bye-bye. I just discovered. You have a bump? Maybe. I don't know if it's cancer or a pimple. <laughs> better pop it and see if it's cancer. Let me see it. I know what's cancer. It's right on the cherry that's in the mouth. See, it's raised. Yeah, see, it's well, I was meaning to update you on this. You know, I had a cyst. Well, I had like three cyst pimples recently. Oh, you did? And I got into one with a needle on Friday, which you're never supposed to do, but it worked out. It did? Yeah, it made it way, way smaller and all the tension went away and I got like weird stuff out. Did you put any like salicylic in there after you used the needle on it? No, I should have probably. But I was delighted. It never goes right. It's like I poke a hole in it and I'm pushing. Nothing comes out. This is bigger. This one actually, this is the one in 20 that worked. Wow. Yeah. It was your birthday. I've been thinking about telling you that for a long time I appreciate it. The facialist will go in with a needle. But it's like she has to do it. She knows how to do it. I got to start seeing her. I really liked Alex. Me too. I love that she loves boys. I love people that love boys. (laughs) I know you do. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob specific. and I received some texts. Yeah, I was morning. locked out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> 
But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, Talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Is this Alana? Well, kind of. It's Elena. Oh, Elena. In your defense, it's kind of spelled wrong. No, it's not. I would say no, it's spelled correctly, but generally people that have it spelled this way would still say Alana, which is frustrating. The English language, it's uh, flawed. And Elena of Avador. Avador? Wait, Arendale? What is it? Elena of Avador. No. Oh, you're thinking of E-L-E-N-A. Elena of... Okay, never... Avalar? Something. Of the Disney movie. Yes. I know where you're going. <laughs> I, I made it worse and I blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Elena, where do you, where are you at in the country? I'm in Winter Park, Colorado right now, but I reside in Reno, Nevada. I have to follow up by saying that my husband runs a nonprofit in California and that's why we live in Reno. Okay. Ah. And I'm going to follow that up with saying that your brow game is on point. Mm, it is really nice. And your highlights are effortless and elegant. Wow. These are not compliments I was expecting from What did that. you think I was going to say? I didn't even know you understood eyebrows and hair like you that. know i know eyebrows i know but not hair like, might be a revelation <laughs> but <laughs> but not like how perfect they are right <laughs> i can't tell you how much that means to me right now you know i hate to uh-oh yeah. i know exactly yep go what ahead. am i gonna say it's hard to think that you'll be an underdog because you're so beautiful boom <laughs> thanks for saying it for me but we all know being hot doesn't get you out of being Anything. an underdog. I know. You know what? As humans, man, we are left to the devices of this world. So I will kick it off and I'm going to let Monica know this is going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. There's going to be some highs and lows. Oh, oh boy. Good. But I'm trying to live at six Do and a half Do you think you're going to get any screams out of Monty? Who also has great eyebrows. Thank you. But not right now. Don't look at them. They're snatched. Thank you. (laughs) I think there might be a moment where you're like, I hate that. Okay. I like the prep. 
Okay, so I have to give you a little bit of background because my birth origin story has something to do with it. So I was the third of four born to a waitress and a coal miner, which doesn't start off strong, but I have as much potential as any other person alive, right? Of course. Were you in Appalachia? Where is coal mining still happening? My dad was born and raised in Arkansas, but I was born in New Mexico little town called Farmington in the northwest corner. About nine months after I was born, my dad was hit and killed by a drunk driver on Christmas Eve. Oh, Oh, wow. So that's like my first ace point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom did not handle it well. She was 24 at the time, just had her third child. We lived as best we could for about five years. My mom had moved us to Las Vegas, Nevada, and... At the time, my grandparents came to visit. We were homeless living in a trailer. Oh, okay. Kind of the second East score, I would say. My grandparents swooped in and decided that they would adopt me and my sister. Was mom having some addiction issues at this point? Drugs and alcohol were at play. Yeah, so you probably have four. You're well, I mean, four. it seems like you have <laughs> 10, honestly, already. I don't remember my childhood, so I know it was like all kinds of traumatic. Yeah. So my mom did end up with a mental illness that started around that time. So it was so hard, and I don't have any resentment towards her at all. It's just the hand that she was dealt. She was playing it the best she could. So my grandparents, they came in and they really gave me this incredible second chance at life. And my brother stayed with my mom, which is a totally different story and also kind of traumatic. But best thing that my grandparents did for me was they introduced me to sports at a young age. They got me into t-ball at five. A jock was born. Sporty Spice came into the room and started to just go ham on little guy t-ball i'm like first base second base third base point let's go like it made a lot of sense to me and then i picked up volleyball and basketball i played boys and girls club sports growing up and picked up snowboarding which i loved so much and then as i got into high school i was really focused on fast pitch softball hoping it was like my ticket out of my small town, was actually being actively recruited my senior year in high school by LSU, which I know SEC stuff comes into play. So I'm on fire. Totally looking back, I can see how I had some red flags going, like risk-taking behavior, over-drinking at parties. The ACE scores are playing as well. They show up whether you like it or not. Sports was really what kept me on track, though. That was like my saving grace. So the turning point comes my senior year in high school. It was actually November 19th of 2000 when we had just gotten a ton of snowfall, like five foot. And I mentioned I'm from northern New Mexico, which is about 40 minutes from Durango, Colorado. I was going to say that. And then I knew Monica would be like, shut up with the geography. My first thought was Durango. I think you would fly into Durango to go to your place, probably. (laughs) Exactly. Which is also then an hour from Telluride-ish. Here we go. That's why we started. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the nearest ski resort. And also the backcountry stuff is really fun out there. And so the night before November 19th of 2000, me and a bunch of my friends decided we wanted to go out snowboarding in the backcountry. It was well before the resorts opened. For anybody that's a skier, they know it's pretty early in the season. We go out. Everybody's really hyped up. We had been talking about doing backflips all summer long. And I knew that I wanted to try my first backflip on a snowboard the first chance I got, really. So I could do a backflip flip on a trampoline with my snowboard attached. I did flat ground backflips all the time. I was like low-key obsessed with it. So November 19th comes, we go out into the backcountry. Everybody's having a really great day. The snow is awesome, but there wasn't really a base to speak of. Yeah. So rocks are exposed. Oh my. Exactly. Yeah. I know, Monty. I know. So I'm up on the top of this hill. We had built this jump and we had been hitting it all day. And As I'm standing on the top of that jump, very impulsively, I look over at my friend JC and I say, hey, I'm going to try that backflip. And before he could say a word, I'm sliding down that hill and I'm thinking to myself, the last thing I want to do is under rotate this. So as I approach the jump, I throw my feet as hard as I can. And as I finish the first flip and I go for the second, I know it's all going south. I did a one and a half backflip, landed directly on my back 
on the snow. <sighs> and what I later learned was a four foot boulder. Oh. And so <sighs> I broke my back in three places oh my God. and was paralyzed upon impact. Oh my God. And it wasn't that painful. It was so shocking, like electrifying. The sound was like this big electrical sprung. And then it kind of left my body in a wave down to my toes. My buddy JC runs over, asks me what's going on. And I said, I don't have any idea where my board and my boots. And he's with fear in his eyes that they were on my feet. Oh, man. I knew something was terribly wrong, but there'd be like no way I could understand. I was paralyzed upon impact. So, you know, I lay on the snow for about an hour and a half. This is back in 2000. We don't have cell phones. Our friends are freaking out, running to go get help. About an hour and a half later, the helicopter lands. I get airlifted out, taken to the hospital, undergo a about an eight-hour back reconstruction surgery. I blew out T11. It was shattered. And so those bones flew through my spinal cord. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, I'm an incomplete T12 injury, which means I was able to get some function back. And I'm an athlete. I can't be paralyzed. That's like putting a bird in a cage. Like, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. It's your identity. The long and short of it is the doctor came in, told me what a spinal cord injury was, told me it was the only organ in your whole body that doesn't regenerate after you injure it. And that whatever I get back in the following two years is what I would probably have for the rest of my life. So in my 17 year old head, I'm like, let's go. Rehab it is. I'm going to figure this out. And this doctor doesn't know how strong and capable I am, all these things. I love my naive self for that. I love that my mind and body were connected and I really believed that I was going to walk again and all these things. Well, two years come around and nothing's really changed. I've done all the work. I've dedicated my life to walking again. And that's when like the lowest point of my story is. And I'm just really in a place where I genuinely don't want to be here. Yeah. Like I don't want to live this particular life anymore. Right. And I call it a God moment and I'm not religious, but it was too sim. So I'm at my lowest place and I'm taking a shortcut through the auxiliary gym at the University of New Mexico where I ended up going. Really quick, are you at a stage where you're using a walker or are you in a wheelchair at this point? I'm in a wheelchair. So when I was doing my rehab, I had long leg braces, very much like Forrest Gump style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those haven't changed a lot. Right. Yeah. So I was up on braces, I was standing and walking, but my brain and my body aren't connected anymore. The spinal cord is the information highway and it was not working. I went off to college at UNM. I was genuinely so disappointed. And I low-key was so mad I couldn't wear high heels or flip-flops. I'm 18, you know, it's hard. I'm taking the shortcut through the gym and I look up and I see this entire group of people playing wheelchair basketball. I didn't even know that there were other people my age that were in wheelchairs. Like I didn't see anybody on a daily basis, let alone did I see or know about adaptive sports. So I'm like timeout jaw dropping moment. I saw these people like crashing into each other, falling over, getting up, shooting three point stationary shots and thinking it. And I'm like, this is legitimately Amazing. Yes. Everything changed that day. That day I got into a basketball chair and for the first time in two years, I pushed really hard and I got my heart rate going and the endorphins were flowing and I'm sweating and I'm like, I'm running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You're flying down a court. I'm flying and I'm looking over at these guys with no legs or that are paralyzed more than me. And I'm like, you guys are not excusing yourselves from your life. You're in it. You're making the most of it, right? So it was like this very important moment that I couldn't deny was happening. I think you would relate a lot to that moment. Like AA, there's this common denominator that brings everybody into the same room, but everybody's so different. And there's so many different characters. I don't know you from Adam, but because you're disabled, we're going to be friends now. Yes, And it was so therapeutic. What happened that day was really the beginning of my next chapter. And so from that point on, I played community ball at UNM, learned about a program at the University of Arizona, moved out there, played with the women's wheelchair basketball team there. 
got recruited to play at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, baby. I'll allow this today. Okay. Today <laughs> this is and a today one-time only. reprieve on Roll Tide. <laughs> I did my graduate work at Alabama, played wheelchair basketball there while I was preparing to go to my very first Paralympic Games. Wow. In Beijing in 2008. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, my God. By the way, here's the comedy of life. Like, if you not become paralyzed, I don't know how great of an athlete you are. Maybe you would have gone to the Olympics in some capacity, but also maybe not. Yeah. More likely not. Exactly. Wait for it. Okay. 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 <laughs> this is where the underdog victoriously rises. Oh. So we train that summer, go into Beijing undefeated, go through the tournament undefeated, play the Germans in the final. The buzzer sounds. We've hit all of our free throws when they mattered the most. We win. We get the gold medal oh, in Beijing in God. 2008. Come on. I'm a gold medalist. Oh get the my fuck God. out. An Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> uh, You've seen the Olympics. I know you guys are both really big fans. Oh, yeah. You know when Olympic tears happen that everybody's got a story behind those, right? Yeah. yeah. I remembered that 17-year-old girl laying in her bed thinking her life was over and for sure didn't think I would ever be an athlete again. Flips the script. And not only are you going to be an athlete, you're going to go farther than you would otherwise, to your point. Yes. Oh, man. This is beautiful. I'm a little well I yeah, know. I got me. This first one got me today. God, this is inspirational. You would think that was the end, and I'm just going to add two more things. Yes. Up. What if she stood up right now in the middle? <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I started walking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that's not actually part of my story, but. Of course not. One of the best things that I could have ever done was dream bigger and think bigger than I ever should have. It was this ridiculous dream. So before I left Beijing, I decided I was going to also move out to Winter Park, Colorado, where I'm at now to pursue ski racing. And after the 2008 games, try to make the 2010 games in two years in winter sports, which is ridiculous. I've seen this. You sit on a single ski. Is that what you do? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you have outriggers on your arms. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I did. We won the gold in Beijing with the $5,000 that I won from that games, which was not enough. Yeah. You, we were missing three zeros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paralympians get paid equal to Olympians now. But during my time, uh, I didn't even know Olympians made money, to be honest. Either did I, actually. This is on news to me. Yeah, they get, I think it's close to 38000 for a gold. Oh, okay. Definitely do a fact check. I move out to Winter Park. I'm like real green. I'm falling off the lift nine times a day, getting to the top, falling a lot, crashing a lot. By the end of my first season, I ended up winning the downhill at the national championships. So downhill's my thing, Dax. I like going fast. I'm a big risk taker. <laughs> and that gave me this real edge over the girls that were already competing in the sport. Within the next year, I made the Paralympic team oh my for God. being a ski racer. I get to Vancouver in 2010. And this is the part of the story I didn't really want to tell you, but my brother was a victim of gun violence in 2009 and was murdered in Denver. Aye, aye, aye. But overcoming that and going into 2010 as a rookie on the Paralympic team, I had this extra dose of inspiration from him. He was a big fan of mine. Mm. And so I really had nothing to lose. And if you know anybody that shows up to the games in that position, they are in the best position, right? I had no sponsorship. I had nothing riding on it. I could just ski however, and it wouldn't matter. So the first race I ski was the giant song, which is not something I'm really that great at. The best girl fell. I'm in a position to win. It's a two-run race. So I'm up by a second going into the second run. And as I'm sitting in the start gate, you know how grief is. My tears started falling. Like I'm looking at a gold medal in the face and oh all of a sudden my goggles are filling up with tears. Is it a best run of the two system? So you do two runs and the fastest. Okay, great. I'm up going into the second run, but the fastest person from the first run goes last. Yeah. So I saw all those other girls go ahead. Like the anticipation is building. I'm sitting in the start gate, start crying. 
And it's just the most inconvenient time to be crying. (laughs) And I pray to my brother just to kind of help me through it and be this race that I don't remember a second of. I get to the bottom, I see my name at the top, and I am the first female American to win gold in the summer and winter games. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let it rip. If you get a chance to YouTube it, the crying that was happening was so... (laughs) Cathartic. (laughs) It was not cute. It was spiritual. It was a mess. Okay, so this is the best part of the story. After I win that gold, I go on to win another gold, a silver and a bronze. I was the most meddling athlete of 2010 Olympic or Paralympic. Oh my God. After all that, I get like special treatment, right? Olympians and Paralympians, after you medal in the games, you go to the White House. I got to Mm. meet President Obama. Oh, Barry. I got to ride in Michelle Obama's motorcade and go to a school and teach about her Let's Move program. Oh my God. She gave me a hug. (laughs) I was nominated for several ESPY awards, Hollywood red carpets, fun stuff like that. But here's the best. This is it. I get the opportunity to go on Conan O'Brien. And I know you just did Jimmy Kimmel and you were very honest about how nerve wracking that was. So scary. Oh, sure. In my head, I was like, oh my God, this is my moment. I'm going to play the Paul Rudd joke on Conan. And the Paul Rudd joke is where Paul Rudd plays a clip. Oh yeah. He always brings the same clip of the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, The Mac and Meat clip. Exactly. Of the wheelchair guy flying down the hill, falling off the cliff. And I'm like, I want to be in on this joke. I want to play the joke on Conan. Oh my God, this is so high risk. This, but this is amazing. <laughs> it was so high risk. The best part about it was, Dax, your wife, Kristen Bell, was interviewed before me. No! no! Oh my Lord, yeah. ding, ding, ding. How was so sweet. Oh my God, I got Sim all over the place. I know, too much Sim. <laughs> so much That's that. what I'm telling you. I was so excited <laughs> to tell you this story. To your point, it was so high risk. I was like, are people going to laugh at this? I'm in a wheelchair. Yes, you're so afraid to laugh. Although you should laugh at every fucking thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I wanted people to know I'm also a part of this human family. Don't fucking pity me laugh with me. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. And so it was epic. The joke landed so hard. That's amazing. (laughs) And Conan was like, let me be clear. You did this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Let the record reflect. (laughs) Paul Red emailed me the most amazing email. Oh my lord. Sweetie pie. So my underdog story doesn't end up with me walking again. I I'm in a wheelchair now, but the life that I have. No kidding. Oh. Oh. In this go round, in this little corner of the universe that I get to be a part of, I am so incredibly lucky and so blessed. And I have this savage little four-year-old that doesn't even care that I'm in a wheelchair. Of course course not. (laughs) It's a good life. And I feel like so lucky that I get to convey the fulfilling aspects of being a person with a disability, it's pretty amazing. That's the best uh, you know, story we've had. It's the gold had. medal story. I think of any of the stories oh, we've yeah, had on this uh, show. This is another gold medal we're giving you yeah, today. Yeah, third gold, well, 15th gold medal. I don't know what the count is uh, now. I have three, but this is for sure very special. <laughs> Incredible story. Fucking outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, the moment you see the people playing, I think, back in the gym, the trap of your brain is you've already shifted your story to my life now sucks. And it's that confirmation bias thing. So your story is my life sucks. And when you see something that challenges that and potentially makes you confront that, that your life might not suck if you step over here, it's crazy how hard it is to step over there. I'm so delighted you did. Well, it's the risk. The same risk-taking mentality that got me in a wheelchair is the same risk-taker in me that got me back into life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And continues to both kind of get me in trouble. Like, I am 40 now, and I still like to go way too fast. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this still a thing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's taken me around the world and given me such an incredible time. That's awesome. Well, Elena, this was awesome. This is a beautiful yeah, really, story, really thanks. love meeting you and love hearing that story. Appreciate you guys so much. Can I do a quick shout out? Yes. Of course. My husband runs a nonprofit in the Truckee area called the High Fives Foundation. And what they do is they raise funds and give grants to folks that are newly injured from outdoor sports, skiing, surfing, rock climbing, motocross, all the things. 
So we get them back into life through sports. Like my story did the same. And so we're here teaching folks how to ski and do all this fun stuff. Well, one of the girls that works for my husband's organization, her name is Danny Trujillo, and she was in the top 2% on the Spotify wrapped for Armchair Expert, <laughs> which is hard to do. Wow. I got too much content. That's incredible. Yeah, too much. Too much. <laughs> she's on it. So I just wanted to shout out to Danny because she's epic. And so many of our conversations are about the latest armchair interview. And we just love you guys so much. That's delightful. It well, is. we give our love to her as well. And it's been great meeting you. Yeah. I hope we cross paths again. I hope so too. And if you ever want to have me on your show, I would gladly take a piggyback up those stairs. And uh -huh. I would enjoy giving you that piggyback ride. <laughs> or anywhere. You can piggyback me into the ocean, whatever works. <laughs> right. Thank you guys so much. This has been such a joy. All right. Take Bye. care. Oh, wow. What a whopper of a story. That what a way a, to end. That was beautiful. Woo, 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 woo. She was right. It was a roller coaster. Sure was. And uh, isn't life a roller coaster? Well, that's, that's what my shirt says. I feel grateful. Me too. All right. Bye. Love you. Do you want to sing a tune or something? We have a theme song. Oh. Okay, great. We don't have a song for this new show so here i go 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 we're gonna ask some random questions and with the help of Aunt jerry's we'll get some suggestions on the fly rhyme dish on the fly rhyme dish enjoy <laughs>